our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. You'll be happy to know that this episode, I am not taping it with a blanket over my head. It is the afternoon of January 14th in L.A. It's 83 degrees outside. People were so tickled about the idea of me taping a whole podcast with a blanket over my head. And they were like, no, no, seriously, we still want video because that's hilarious. I was like, really? Y'all, y'all really want video of me with a blanket over my head? They were like, we need the facial expressions. We need to see your face when you're flipping out about the news of the day. I'll think about it. But this L.A. weather... It's taken me a minute to adjust to L.A., which I think is fair. I've lived on the East Coast my entire life, and L.A. is very not East Coast. It's an entirely different culture out here. So I came out here for that culture, but it was definitely an adjustment. I've been here for almost two years, and it's starting to come together for me. And that's no real reflection on the city. The first two years I lived in New York, I didn't love it either. It took me a minute to just sort of find my place in the city and find a friend circle. LA, the friend circle wasn't so much the problem. Like damn near everyone that I came of age with in New York in my 20s lives in LA, like everyone. And the people who aren't here are moving here. So that wasn't the issue, but just LA is a different rhythm. It has some of the same things that I love about New York, but it's just a very different place. And it's, it's taken me a minute to adjust. But now that I have, Especially to these 80 degree days in the middle of January, like tomorrow I'm going to the beach just because I can and I feel great about it. I've been hiking more lately. It's a very L.A. culture sort of thing to do. When I first moved here, sometimes I would connect with people and, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, do you want to do coffee? Do you want to do cocktails? And they'd be like, do you want to do a hike? And they were like, we could do a hike and breakfast. And I was like, ah, I could do breakfast. But lo and behold. I'm getting into this hiking culture, not just as a a one-off. Like sometimes I'd go walk Runyon and I love doing it with my little cousin. I guess she's not little anymore. She just turned 28. She likes to remind me that she's grown. She's been doing this since she was 26. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. You've heard me talk about her before. Every time I drink tequila, I don't really drink hard liquor except for tequila. But nearly every time I've had tequila in the past two years, it's been with her. Because 26 and 27 and now 28 loves tequila hanging out with 20-somethings. I feel young until I hang out with them. And I'm like, nope, I'm old and I'm fine with that because I don't want to be 20-something ever again. I used to go to Runyon sometimes with her, maybe like an hour or so before dusk. It's not as busy and the views are just absolutely amazing, especially when you can catch the sunset. I haven't had a sunset experience at the stairs just yet. I do hope to catch a sunrise. I still operate most days on East Coast time. I'm up usually by 5.30, 6 at the latest every day, which is before sunrise here. One of my goals for the next week is to go catch the sunrise at the top of the Culver City stairs. Like The views up there are just absolutely amazing. There's so much going on in my world. I haven't posted it yet, but the trailer for my new film, Don't Waste Your Pretty, just dropped yesterday. 
The trailer debuted on Entertainment Tonight, and Deborah Joy Winans, who is one of the stars of my film, many of you may know as Charity from Greenleaf, loved the actress. That character drove me up a wall. Drove everyone up a wall. But she is one of the stars of Don't Waste Your Pretty, and she posted the trailer to her stories, and that's where I saw it for the first time. So I will be posting it on my social media pages if you'd like to check it out. Carrie Hilson, who also stars in the film, she posted it on her social media pages today. So if you'd like to check it out, it's currently available there. If you're noting the lack of like over-the-top excitement in my voice, it's just all very surreal to me right now. I remember writing Don't Waste Your Pretty at my kitchen table in my apartment in New York. And for it to go from a bunch of Ask Demetria questions online to being turned into a book to being featured on a TV show and then for it now to be a TV film is just, it just, it really just doesn't seem real to me yet. So I guess it hasn't hit me. I bought rose champagne and a slice of carrot cake earlier today. When I'm done taping the podcast and editing, maybe I'll celebrate. Maybe I'll save it for my beach day tomorrow. I don't know. But I am super excited about the film. It comes out February 28th. And in more good news, I am dropping Don't Waste Your Pretty merch. When I dropped the Don't Waste Your WAP shirts, people were like, hey, sis, I'm not wearing a WAP shirt because that's just too much for me. But can I get a Don't Waste Your Pretty shirt? Because that's right up my lane. So, yes, they are coming shortly. I would like to be able to get them to you for Valentine's Day. This line of merch is all pink and red and possibly gold. I have something in the works, but it's not finalized yet. So pink hoodies, red hoodies, pink cups, red cups, signed copies of the book. If you didn't get one when I was signing them earlier this year, there's another opportunity. And yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Also, there's still Ratchet and Respectable merch on my website, DemetriaLLucas.com. The flasks are sold out now. The cups have been sold out. I think there's still tees in size extra small, sweatshirts in extra small, and small, and hoodies in extra small. A couple people were like, sis, you got to make bigger sizes. And I'm like, yo, the first run was size extra small to 4X. So I hope to repeat that with, with Don't Waste Your Pretty. So yeah, so if you haven't picked up your Ratchet and Respectable merch, please do. And prepare yourself and your pockets for the Don't Waste Your Pretty drop coming soon. I haven't watched the news in two days. I've been watching the news nonstop for the last couple months, and I just needed a break. So I have no idea what's really going on in the world today or yesterday. After Trump was impeached for the second time, I was like, enough is enough. It's quite embarrassing to be impeached once, much more twice. But my fear is that nothing's really going to happen because he was impeached last year around this time and he stayed in office. Nothing happened. He didn't change. I don't know what really comes from an impeachment. And I've seen this meme circulating. Well, if Trump is impeached a second time, then he loses his security detail for life. He loses his, uh, I think he gets 200,000 pension. He gets a million dollars in travel budget. He gets money for a staff. And the meme says if he's impeached, then those are the consequences. But that's actually not quite accurate. Impeachment is the equivalent of charges filed. So you know how this goes. A cop or a wannabe cop, I'm thinking of George Zimmerman, injures, kills a black person, and the state files charges, which is a good first step. But if there's no conviction, then there's no punishment for the murder. 
And I, I hope that that's not what happens again, because again, the House impeached Trump this time last year and the Senate voted essentially not to convict him, not guilty. So it's a record of charges filed. But if there's no conviction, then nothing's nothing's really done. So it's embarrassing, which if you care about being embarrassed, it matters. But Trump isn't that person. So I don't I don't really know what impeachment really does other than for the historical record to note this man was this president was complete trash. He got impeached twice. There's still information coming out about the attack a week ago. It feels like it was so much longer, but it was really just a week ago. The newest information is, surprise, surprise, some of the protesters were police officers or current and former military or CEOs. And everyone seems to be all riled up like, oh, my gosh, there's white supremacists in the police department. And by everyone, I mean white folks. You will never hear a black person be like, oh, my God, there's racist cops. We've been trying to tell y'all, oh, my God, there's racists in the military. Yes. There's racist CEOs. Yes. We've been telling y'all this since like 1619. White folks is just opening their eyes. I, 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 I don't know. I can't make sense of it. I almost feel bad. I mean, not really, but I don't, maybe that's not the word. I feel something for white folks right now. I don't, I don't quite know the word. Let me explain my thought. Black people in America realize racism exists somewhere around age four, five, maybe six at the latest, right? I don't remember the first time I realized like, oh, I'm black and people don't like that. I don't know if I've just buried the memory or it happened so young, I, I don't remember. It's just one of those things that I've always known that racist people exist and white people be funny style. Grown ass white people who've lived in America their whole lives are having this like huge awakening. Like early last summer, it was like, oh my God, police brutality. This is out of control. All these instances of black folks being killed, like the list is so long I can't even give you a list of all the black people who have been killed and harmed by police. I remember the story growing up was there was a young man, maybe like 15, 16. He was in the car when his friends robbed a laundromat, a convenience store. That's not the important detail. He was picked up by police. This was in PG County. They beat him so bad when they had him in custody that he was able to grab the gun from an officer's holster and he fired off some shots and killed the officer. And that's always been the story of how police in PG County, Maryland, where I grew up, that's always been the story of police for me. We live in a predominantly black area. It's suburban with big ass houses, but these PG cops are nothing to play with. My dad is from, is from Mississippi. You know, he grew up, he grew up in the 40s and 50s. In, in the country in Mississippi. And, you know, when people talk about how bad Mississippi is with the with police and racism and he's always like, you know, Mississippi gets this horrible rap. But he was like, you know, Mississippi, Detroit, D.C., P.G., all places he lived. He's like, I can't tell the difference. It's all the same to me. So while while people are screaming all over TV, like, I can't believe the cops. I can't believe CEOs. I can't believe military. People in the military have sworn allegiance to protect the flag, to protect the United States from threats foreign and domestic. 
But here we are. White people are shocked. Black people are like, this is America. Welcome. This is America. What else did you expect? I saw Nancy Pelosi. We talked about her her interview on 60 Minutes last week, but she's been all over the news as the Speaker of the House and, and leading the impeachment charges. She gave another detail about the attack on the Capitol, and she said that her her younger staffers automatically knew what to do when the Capitol had to go into lockdown. They locked themselves inside a room. They barricaded the entrance exit with furniture. They turned off the lights and they hid in the office and stayed quiet. And she was like, yeah, they all knew what to do because they grew up doing drills when they were in school to protect themselves in the event of a school shooting. And Nancy Pelosi was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah, duh. The last time I watched the news, they were talking about these um, these threats of attacks in all 50 states between the 17th and the 20th of this month. So next week. But whatever program I was watching, they were speaking specifically about Michigan. Michigan is a concealed carry state. And they were saying that these protesters, rioters, terrorists, whatever you want to call them, they can arrive and it's legal for them to show up with weapons. So they were trying to figure out what to do about these concealed carry states because these people, these terrorists, can show up with their weapons in tow and you can't arrest them for it because it's legal. So then they were leading to a conversation about gun control. And, I'm, and I was like, finally, but also, really? I find the disconnect among the leaders of our country frightening. When that grade school, Sandy Hook, got shot up, and they killed all those little children, those five and six-year-old children. There was nothing done about gun control. There was a lot of talk, but there was nothing really done about gun control. I remember reading some statistic at the beginning of the pandemic, and maybe it was like three weeks in, and they were like, yeah, this is the longest America has gone without a school shooting because there is no in-school teaching. No one, no one did anything. Lots of talk, lots of hype, but no one did anything. And then I'm thinking about Mother Emanuel. And was that Dylan Roof, the guy who walked into a church and prayed with people? People prayed for him. And then he got up and massacred them. There was lots of talk about gun control then, but nobody really did anything. And now that the amount of guns and the lack of gun control has literally been brought to the steps of the Capitol, not even to the steps, into the Capitol, steps outside the Senate chamber where lawmakers actually face a real threat. Oh, now it's a problem that really, really needs to be addressed, and we must do something about this expeditiously. Really? Like, when it personally affects you, now something should be done about it. But when it was just affecting your constituents, meh. Another out-of-touch moment. Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, he is set to run for mayor of New York City, and he did an interview about why he is running for mayor of a city that he doesn't really live in. He and his family spend most of their time in a palatial home in the Hudson Valley. And the Hudson Valley is beautiful. I totally get why you would want to have a home there. But he does this interview with the New York Times, and they asked him, like, hey, bro, like, you're, you're running for mayor of the city, but you're spending all your time 80 miles out of the city. And Andrew Yang, unironically, says to the reporter, he says, we, as in he and his family, live in a two-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. And so, like, 
Can you imagine trying to have two kids on virtual school in a two-bedroom apartment and then trying to do work yourself? Yeah, that's the story of most of New York. Ain't, ain't a lot of space in New York City. Sir, you know that everyone's not a millionaire, right? You have to. Or maybe you don't. But this is so out of touch. I'm just like, sir, you just doomed your chances. Nobody's voting for you after you said that. You can't relate to the people that you want to lead. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and another bit of Trump news. I read that he's decided not to pay his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. He told his staff that any expenses that Giuliani has incurred while traveling around the country trying to overturn the election on Trump's behalf as Trump's personal lawyer, he said all of those expenses need to be personally approved by him. He's upset, one, that he got impeached, and two, that Giuliani was trying to charge him $20,000 a day for representing him as his personal lawyer, the president of the United States trying to overturn an election. I actually thought $20,000 a day was cheap for what he was trying to do. And I don't give two shits about Rudy Giuliani. But I'm just amazed at how this man will just turn on anyone. People who have been loyal to a fault. People who have lost their careers trying to support him. He'll just turn on them on a dime. You used to be seen as America's mayor outside of New York City. Important to note, outside of New York City, after 9-11, Rudy Giuliani was called America's mayor and he was very well respected. And he's now giving press conferences in alleys across the street from sex shops. He's giving press conferences with hair dye or shoe polish or whatever that was running down his face. He is now known as the disgraced former mayor of New York City. This man has put his entire reputation in the hole for Trump and Trump ain't even going to pay him. Like you sold your soul for free. Some shameful shit. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing. <laughs> Works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. And good news. My friend and mentor, Bevy Smith, released her new book, Bevelations. We talked about it before, and I'm not going to say too much because Bevy's going to come on the show. We have an interview set. Her publicist sent over a copy of the book, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. It was a long sitting, but it was absolutely riveting. I've known Bevy for 20 years. I met her when I was an intern at Vibe. I think I've told you all this before, but we've had many personal, candid conversations. He's always very free with her advice. So I thought I knew the story, and there's so much that I didn't know. But she tells so much, so many things that personally I would have left out. I don't really need y'all to know those details in my life. Thanks. But she lays it all on the table, and I'm just like, whoa, you have lived, mother. You have lived. So she will be coming on Ratchet and Respectable soon, and she can tell you all about her living and her life. What else is going on? I talked about Jasmine Sullivan last week. There was a glitch in last week's podcast. I think it was only 10 to 15 seconds, but I was raving about Jasmine Sullivan's album, and apparently the last part of it got cut off. I finally got through the album a couple times 
during my hikes. And girl, I would almost go as far as to compare it to a miseducation of Lauryn Hill or Lemonade. It's that good to me. I'm stuck on the song about feelings. I love that song. It's just something about her voice, the lyrics. It's, ugh. It's a really, really good album. If you haven't checked out Hotels, not Hotels, like where you stay, like hoes, like whores, like ho, Hotels. It's really, really good. There was something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, the cover of Essence. I told you that the new issue was getting ready to drop, and I still can't tell you how I knew. I got to wait for corporate to put out their press release. But the issue did drop. The cover is not Kamala Harris. The cover is Rihanna. I did read that there is significant coverage of Kamala Harris in the issue. I haven't seen it. It's not on stands here yet. But the cover image is Rihanna, and it's a collaboration with artist Lorna Simpson. I've only seen the cover. I haven't seen the inside shots yet. But on her Instagram, Lorna Simpson described it as, quote, something unorthodox and different, a portfolio of 12 collages with devoted expert care. So I'm looking forward to that. If you listen to the podcast on Tuesday, I swore up and down that Kamala Harris was going to be on the cover of Essence in pink and green. I still hope that that is able to happen. I did see that Essence editor, former Essence editor, she's moved on to a new position. But Kristen West Savali, was she senior news editor or news director? But she talked a little bit about the issue and she says, salute to the formidable Donna Brazil for gathering a squad to write about VP-elect Kamala Harris's historic win. And that's also one of the cover lines. So Essence did do a deep dive on Kamala Harris's win, but they did not have her on the cover. I do hope that pink and green cover is coming because that Vogue cover. Mm. Anna Wintour very uncharacteristically gave a statement defending that controversial Vogue cover with Kamala Harris. We talked about it in depth last week, so I'm not going to go over it. But a lot of people didn't like that pink and green cover. They didn't think it was befitting of of Vice President-elect Madam Kamala Harris's position as the first black woman to be vice president. This is the highest political office that a black woman has ever held. And many people, including Robin Gavon at the Washington Post, I, I quoted her extensively on last week's episode. Um, She did not care for it either. Wintour sort of addressed why she went against the wishes of Kamala Harris's team for the cover in the powder blue suit with the gold background. And I'm reading from page six style, so you know where I'm getting my info from. Wintour said, quote, when the two images arrived at Vogue, all of us felt very, very strongly that the less formal portrait of the vice president-elect really reflected the moment that we are living in, which we are all in the midst, as we still are, of the most appalling pandemic that is taking lives by the minute. And we felt to reflect this tragic moment in global history, a much less formal picture, something that was very, very accessible and approachable and real, really reflected the hallmark of the Biden-Harris campaign and everything that they are trying to do, and I'm sure will achieve. She continues, quote, I cannot imagine that there's anyone that really is going to find this cover anything but that, and positive, and an image of a woman in control of her life who's going to bring us the leadership that we so need. And to me, it's just a very important but positive statement about women and women in power. She still don't get it. She still don't get it. And that's unfortunate. What else is going on? Oh, I suppose we need to talk about Lori Harvey (laughs) and Michael B. Jordan. 
there's been much speculation that they were a couple. There were pictures of them over the holidays traveling together. I saw a picture. They were getting off a plane and he was carrying her bag down some steps. And then I heard that Michael B. Jordan had gone home with her for the holidays. But very recently, they came out together as a couple in a coordinated Instagram post. She posted pictures of them together on her main Instagram page. He did the same. That was their announcement to the world that they are together. Lori just turned 24. She had a birthday recently. Those pictures were all over Instagram. It seems her boo, her new beau, you can hear the joy in my voice about this, sent her... It wasn't even like a dozen. It was like 12 vases of two dozen white roses. They were beautiful. On her birthday, Lori uploaded a video of of herself and, and Michael B. Jordan. They were playing in the snow. They're so adorable. I think they're the cutest couple. I've heard people talk about their age difference. I'm not a big fan of big gaps, but it ain't my life. They look happy as fuck. So, yeah, what do you want me to say? I'm a huge fan of Michael B. Jordan. I told y'all I used to watch Creed and then Creed 2 every night before bed. I liked his romance with Tessa Thompson. I thought they had really great chemistry, and I thought he was a really good boyfriend. Not perfect, flawed, but I, I thought he was, he was good and well-intentioned. And in the first Creed, when he asks her out on a date and, and she takes him to get a Philly cheesesteak and somebody keeps saying John, and he's like, what's a John? And she's like, you know, a John can be this or it can be that. It can be whatever. It can be a person. And he was like, you got a John? (laughs) So cute. I have warm and fuzzy feelings about him from Creed. I'm also, I'm going to just say it. I'm happy he's with a black girl. I'm happy he's with a black girl. He's been rumored to date many women. None of them, to my knowledge, were black. The talk about it became so bad that he's addressed it before. He He was like, I have nothing against black women. Like, I love black women. Like, stop. But we ain't never seen him with a black girl. Where I did see him with a black girl one time at a party in L.A. I wrote about that. I'm not going to rehash it. And I was like, oh, a black girl. I was excited. And look, I've said this before. I have no issues with, with interracial dating. If you want to, you date who you want to date. I do like to see black men with black women. I like it. I don't really care if you choose otherwise as long as you don't dog out black women. I've said that before, too. But I, I like to see black love. Also notable, to my knowledge... Michael B. Jordan has never claimed anybody before. Lori don't really be claiming a lot of people either. Like, people claim her, but she don't really claim them. She's claimed a couple, but she's been spotted with people who never appeared on her Instagram. Not even, definitely not the main page, and definitely not the stories. I don't recall him ever claiming anybody before. So I was like, wait, is this serious, serious? I think they're adorable. I'm just going to say it over and over. Lori Harvey is so controversial. People project so much onto her. And it was funny, when I was watching the video of her and Michael B. Jordan playing in the snow, he reaches down and throws up some snow in the air, and it gets all over both of them. And, you know, they have a laugh about it. And she just looks at him, and she says, why? And I realized when she said that, I honestly don't know what her voice sounds like. I don't know her opinion on anything. I've never heard the woman speak. I've never heard her voice. She uploads tons of pictures, videos, but I've never heard her speak before. We have no idea about her stance on on anything, on politics, on on science, on COVID, on nothing, nothing at all. She doesn't speak, not publicly. But people just project so much on her, so many conversations, the most prominent of which is 
all the men she's dated. And I could run down a list, but it just feels very sloppy to go through a list of people a 24-year-old is dating. She's 24. What else is she supposed to be doing? Dating. She's 24. She's unmarried. She has no children. People are like, oh, she's for the streets. Yeah, and? She's 24. You should be for the streets at 24. She should be in the house baking. She's 24. Stop it. But they're like, oh, she's dated this celebrity and that celebrity and that celebrity. Yeah, she likes popular men with money and access. She has a lifestyle that clearly she likes and she selects partners who are able to maintain it for her should ever she be cut off from her father's account. That's smart. Who the hell wants to date a man that can't afford your lifestyle? You going to downgrade to be with somebody? Why? Been there. Done that. Don't do that shit. There's so much conversation. So much conversation. Why is she dating? She's with all these men. And most of the complaints I see are from women. And I see commentary from men sometimes. And they're like, I would never. I'm like, and you couldn't ever. You don't have the bank account to be in the running, sir. You want to call the woman a gold digger, sir? You have copper. You have copper, sir. She's not looking for your copper. She's looking for gold. You don't ever stand a chance. Stop it. But I also see women being like, oh my God, she dates all these men. No man is going to take her seriously. And yet, men keep taking her seriously. Like Future, which thank God she didn't have a kid by him. Remember we were all worried? We were like, all right, like you want to date a fuck boy? Okay, it comes with the age. But do not be baby mama number 10. Please, Lori, please. That didn't happen. Thank God. But men claim her left and right. Like Future don't really claim anybody. He claims Sierra. But Future posted her on the main page. She kept that man in stories up until he paid for her birthday and flew all her friends down. He stayed in stories for most of the birthday. She posted a picture. He was all up on her and she was looking at the camera. She finally posted a picture on her main page. Again, he was all up on her and she looked unbothered. (laughs) Marjorie Harvey taught that girl well, so well. But women keep saying like, oh, men would never. I'm like, but but Trey Songz, Trey Songz had a whole woman pregnant and was hanging out with Lori Harvey and posted a picture literally of her foot on his face. He was rubbing her foot and had it up on his face. And the caption was something like, I like this. Really, Trey? That's another one. Ain't never claimed nobody, but was trying to claim Lori. It's a cute girl. She should be young. She should have fun. I also will note this. There is something about dating future that when women break up with him, because Sierra did the same thing. It's like, I can't live this life no more. I got to go find a wholesome man. Sierra went and found Russell. Lori went and found Michael B. Jordan. That's a catch. He's A-list Hollywood. Good for her. I'm sure people want me to say more, but I've dedicated all the time I possibly can to a 24-year-old's dating life. Like, I think they're adorable. I think they're cute. I also know they could break up in four to six months because she's 24, and that's kind of what life is at 24. Or they could be together forever. Either way, I like the personas that both of them publicly present. I hope that they are equally wonderful in their actual lives, and I hope they're happy, whether they're together or whether they're apart. And that's that. I have a treat for you this week. One of my favorite humans is joining us this week. Remember Ashley Cobb, Sex with Ashley? She came to join us last year. As soon as that episode ran, people kept hitting me up and they were like, bring Ashley back. We like Ashley. Bring her back. So we brought Ashley back. Since our last episode, Ashley, who describes herself as your friend in filth, 
So I hit up Ashley and I was like, I want you to come on to the show, but I don't know what we should talk about. I just know that I want to talk because she's one of my favorite people to follow on social media at Sex with Ashley across all platforms. And she was like, why don't we talk about sexual resolutions? And I was like, girl, what? And she was like, we make resolutions for everything else. We need to make resolutions on the kind of sex that we want to have in 2021. And I was like, girl, you you be into some things that I, I don't never think of. This is why you do what you do. So without further ado, let's welcome Ashley Cobb from Sex with Ashley to Ratchet and Respectable. <laughs> it's just one of those days where like I'm still in pajamas, but I've been up since 630 and I've been halfway productive. And then for the last hour, I just can't pull my life together. Yeah, I've been there. Okay. I was there yesterday. That was yesterday. Okay. But I'm glad to have you back on the podcast. You are by far like one of the most requested people. People like, bring Ashley back. Yeah, really? Yes. I've told you this. Have I not told you this? I mean, you did. But I'm very much still surprised that people like like what I got to say. Are you serious? Dead serious. <laughs> Wait, like I, I have you here to talk about sex, but do we need to talk about like imposter syndrome or what's going on I mean, there? We can bring that in. I guess for me, I feel like um, I'm not doing anything different or all that special than anyone else. Well, I guess. How many other people do you see that look like you doing what you're doing? I mean, there's a lot of um, sex educators on Instagram that are black. Are there? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's others that exist, but you're like the primary one that I follow. Oh, well, girl, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't really consider myself a sex educator either, so there's that too. Like, I, there's people who are sex educators and they have their lane. I don't really consider myself that. Um, I'm like, you know, I pay myself an influencer because I create conversations about blackness pleasure. And that's just what I do. I create conversations around that. I don't consider myself an educator per se. Still be like surprised when people be people like, can we follow you? I'm like, really? Really? I am so shocked to hear this. And like yeah. like I know that there are like technically other people in, in the lane, but I guess I guess maybe because I think of them as more like sex education. Like here are like the fundamentals and the facts and the statistics and the breakdowns. But like, I don't see like other like, you know, brown girls in like dominatrix outfits. And, you know, here's like the sex toy of the day or is it sex toy of the week? It's the week. Okay. Because I feel like there's a lot of sex toys, but like, okay, but that's fine. But yeah, like I don't see other like brown girls, like just like, here's a dildo. Behold. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's what it is. I'm like, you know, I, I just don't feel myself as that special. And maybe that's a, something I have to work. I have to work through. Uh, maybe that's a, a thing of mine. I'm like, I'm, okay. Because I can just name off 10 people talking my head who, like, talk about sex on, on the internet. Who I feel like are. This is so interesting <laughs> to me. Let me ask you this, because I don't know. And I, maybe if I don't know other people don't know, too. But, like, who are some other black girls that are talking about sex that we should be like supporting and looking at too uh like my friend goody howard she's dope uh you have um uh the girl from sexual essentials samaya she's dope uh 
the sensual sex part. So these are all like sex educators. Like they have like uh, most of them have masters and PhDs, and they're like educators, like the you know textbook academia educators. But they're black, and they have really good you know information on their pages. I feel like most of my commentary on sex, that's basically what it is. Is it's found is is based in my opinion, my lived experience. And, you know, and then I throw a little humor in there, but it's mostly, like, opinion-based. I mean, it's educational, too, but it's mostly, like, I give you my opinion and some whole advice. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but you also have, like, a, ba- a background in healthcare, no? I do. I do. I have a public health degree. Well, yeah, that counts. Yeah, it does. Ashley. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I think you're phenomenal, and my readers or listeners also think you're phenomenal. And I mean, I have you back, one, because I think you're phenomenal, and two, because I think you're hilarious without even trying to be. And I also just think that you're you're really informative in this, this very frank and matter-of-fact way that is not matter-of-fact to everyone else. And you're just like, oh, okay. I love that about you. You know, here's my dominatrix outfit. I, I keep bringing up the dominatrix outfit. I love the dominatrix outfit. I was like, she's on the whole Instagram in a dominatrix outfit. I love it. Yes, because I don't want to do more, though. So, like, the people sent it to me, that one was handcrafted, like, just for me. But I liked it. I'm like, this is cool. And then, you know, and then I'll use it, you know, whenever I get a man because, you know, I have one. So whenever I get a man, I'll be, I'll be sure to use it. But it was it was really cool. I liked it. So fascinated. Oh, can we talk about hoe and tell? I know we're supposed to talk. We have a very specific thing. But the last time you were here, there was no hoe and tell. You hadn't started your podcast yet. It was not. So, yeah, so hoe and tell started in October, end of October-ish, I believe. Um, And so hoe and tell is anonymous sex stories that people um, call in, well, face, uh, not FaceTime, Zoom in. Um, and they're, and they're, everybody's name and voices are altered in post-production. And if people just talk about their sex appeals, and what I like it is because, you know, I create conversations around sex. So I like it because I, it helps people to be able to tell their, you know, their story without, because everybody's not like me. I can talk about my sex life and whatever. Some people are not like that. They, they like, they don't want people to know their business. So it, it creates a conversation about sex and it also lets the other person still you know still not everybody know their business so yeah that's home and tell has there been a story that's come through where you're just like girl what yeah there there has been a couple of those stories i think okay the one the virgin who i won't say lost her virginity we'll say gained sex right okay she gained sex through by being a unicorn for this married couple. So that episode was part of my best episode, and the season's not even done yet. That's my favorite episode out of all of them. Um, because, like, well, she was, I think, because she was in her 30s. She was 32 when she, you know, lost her virginity, quote unquote. Um, and she was very, like, you know, open, and she was very, like, informed, and was like, okay, you know, they said they want to, you know, they, they want to have sex with me. And I'm like, okay, I think I want to do that too because she was like me. She became, she was, started off in like the Pope Pinky Promise Church thing. That's what she was doing. <clears throat> and when the pandemic came, she was like, I don't want to die. Oh, I don't want to like, you know, just be the end of the world and I ain't had, I ain't had sex. So we got to, you know, to stop this. And so she, she, you know, went to this thing, met this couple and they were like, they liked her and she was like, okay. 
And the couple was also very caring. I like that. Because, like, you know, when I had first had sex, I was a teenager. And the dude I was with, eh, I mean, he wasn't, like, he cared. But he wasn't, like, does that, you know, am I going too hard? Does that feel good? How does that feel? Like, he, he didn't ask all the questions. Yeah, he's still a teenage um, boy. He only has but so much range. Well, actually, he, he was, he was like, 24. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Do we need a sidebar onto that? Like, I mean, because that's... Well, okay, so I was, after I was in college, I was 18, so I was grown. That makes it better, because I, I was picturing, like, 16. Okay, that's... No, no. Okay. I was grown, and he was just old, but we both were grown, but he was, like, in his 20s, like, 20s. But he wasn't, he still was not as caring. This couple, like, um... Like the first couple of times, they didn't even do penetration. Like they was, you know, uh, had her just do something she felt comfortable doing, and then they kind of like explored on her body. And then when it got to the point, he was like, "Okay, so whatever you want to do penetration, let us know." And she's like, "Okay, I'm ready." I, I don't know. It's like third time. I don't know. And he was like, "Okay, well, let me know if it hurts. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this." And it was just like, dang. Like if I had experience, I, I don't know. I do know. I know at 18. I was not going to be somebody's unicorn because I was just like, oh, my God, no. But the fact that she was able to do that her first try and they were very um, understanding of her situation and was, like, very caring for her. I'm like, that's that was very dope. Like, that was she had a very good experience for her first time. So in my head, that is just not the experience I was picturing. Because, like, you hear threesome, like, you just, I think... Like, oh, we about to get wild in here. You know, we about to get out the box, which is fine. But, like, for it to be, like, a caring, sensual, like, experience, it's, like, good for her. And these are black people. Two of the other ones that I like. One was this girl, she um, was, she found out her, her, like, her benefits, her boo, whatever you call it, was bisexual. She found that out after they were already engaged and what they were engaged in. uh, Because he had slept with her male cousin. And, um, yeah, and she didn't know that, though. Um, but she kept it to herself and didn't confront him. And so, but she got to, she got to peg him. She was like, okay, well, you know, you like your ass, clearly. Let me, let's see if you're into pegging. And he was, of course, you know, into pegging. Um, and, she, and she never told him that she knew that he slept with her cousin. And, and she was like, it was like the best thing ever. And because of that, now I want to peg somebody. Cause just how she explained it and told the story, I'm like, damn, that sounds really like exciting. I need to do this. I have a really good friend who like her favorite thing to do. She doesn't call it tossing salad. She calls it something else. But like, she likes the idea of like her dude, like on his back, legs in the air and eating his ass. Because of the positioning of it, there's another name for it that's escaping my mind at the time. But they also do peg. See, here's my thing with pegging though. And I know this is not politically probably correct we're never politically correct here go go for it so my my thing with pegging is i don't know if i'm going to want you to be my man after i fuck you in the ass why because there's still some things i have to i have to overcome i'm not perfect right okay (laughs) and i'm just going to look at you a certain way and i know as much as i talk about sex and i've seen everything i sh- I, sh- I should be one of the ones who's open and be like you know whatever and I, I don't think it's gay or anything i just don't know if i'm going to feel uh i don't know feel okay with you know i i have i am fucking this man in the ass this is supposed to be my man they in the household the you know the the you know the the man i don't know if i'm if 
if I'm able to do that. But is he less of a man because he likes to get fucked in the ass by a woman? No. Even by another man, just for clarity. But like, but but if he if he wants a woman to fuck him in the ass, it's still heterosexual sex because it's a it woman is. and a man. It is. That's correct. It is. I don't know how I would feel after the fact. I don't know if I would I would respect you less. Hmm. You know. I don't, I, I, that's how I feel right now. Again, you know, I'm not perfect. The Lord working on me. I just, I just feel like I'm not going to be like, I feel like in conversation with me, man, I'm, I'm going to bring up that I fucked you in the ass. And then now we're going to be arguing. You know what I mean? Ashley? Yes, I know. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm leaving it there. I'm leaving it there. I know. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate, you know, you acknowledging that like, hey, there's this thing that I recognize that it's a thing. I'm working on this thing, but I ain't worked through the thing. Yeah. This is why I love you, Ashley. And I, and I said this on my podcast during the episode. I was like, you know what? I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to get backlash. And, you know, that's fine. But I'm going to be honest <clears throat> with, what I, with what I feel about this. I, I'm, it's not gay or anything like that. It's just I think I would just look at you a little bit different um, if I was had a dildo and just going to town. I just think I would. Right. We were supposed to be talking about New Year's, how did you describe it? New Year's sex resolutions. What is a New Year's sex resolution? So, like, for me, every year, you know, I have this, like, new resolutions about things I want to try and do that I have not done previously or things, like, you know, I've been putting off. So, a couple of those things came from the podcast, like, the Peggy thing. Like, that's on the list, right? And I think people, um, man, woman, you know, whatever, um, sexual orientation aside, everyone should have a list of things at the end of the year that they want to try. Now, I know it's the pandemic, right? And um, we're limited to... Well, some people aren't. Some people are here still, you know, free-fucking. A lot of people. A lot of people. It's it's not just some. It's a lot. (laughs) But for the ones who care about their health and not trying to out here just, you know, do whatever, you know, so some of us are limited. So, like, even with that, you can still go and try things like buy a new toy that you like been eyeing but didn't necessarily want to go get so there's things you can do that to like i think for women particularly for women it's important for us to be able to own our own pleasure right and it's also i think another resolution that we need to do is like stop faking these orgasms and telling people straight up you don't have to have these feelings but just tell them straight up like "Mm, i didn't like that or i would like it if you could do this I didn't enjoy that because like lying just doesn't um it does it doesn't help anyone because now that person thinks they did something and they didn't and now you're unsatisfied. And then they're gonna try to do the thing that they think you like again and again and again. Right. Because I I've had someone um who messaged me because I you know don't do those sex questions and she her her question was <clears throat> she moved in with this boy, her boyfriend, and she didn't enjoy the sex before she moved in, right? But she moved in, but she didn't tell him that. So she moved in, and of course, now you move in now, closer proximity, so we're going to have space all the time, more, more times than we were before. And so she finally told him that she didn't like it. And he felt some type of way, because they've been dating for years, like two years, a year or two. Um, and then um, they started having sex again, and she still didn't like it. And she said she told him, she told him that she did. So the question to me was, she asked me, well, should I have told him the truth? Uh, yeah, you should have. Cause now you living with somebody who you can't you, you don't you don't like sex you lying to the boy you know first he felt bad because you've been lying to him for a whole year and a half and now you're still lying so now you're a liar 
That relationship is doomed. I told her that, I, you know, I always tell people this too. Like, don't ask me relationship advice because I give old advice. Because my advice is always to me. <laughs> right? It's all advice I got. <laughs> <laughs> people swear my advice is always to leave. But people really ask me crazy questions. Like, people rarely write in or ask, like, ask Demetria questions to be like, I'm in this great, trusting, wholesome relationship where we communicate. And then we have this tiny issue that can easily be worked through. I feel like by the time you're asking a stranger for advice, like, your issues usually... Yeah, in crisis mode, and very rarely do you need to be in that situation. Yeah, some you can work out, but a lot of that stuff, I'm just like, they're like, why do you keep telling people to leave? Because they need to go. And my thing is, like, for, for me, like, I tell people all the time, if sex is high on your list of things, because some people is not, some people's low, and they're okay with, you know, one a month, once a week, or whatever, they're okay with that, cool. But if, if you, if that is high, high on your list of things, and it has to be a certain way, and you like it, and you want it, you know, to be, you know, good, and the person you're with is not that, and they are not your husband, you know, why are you still there? I mean, let's also keep it 100. Like, it's a lot of people who are married to people they don't like having sex with. A lot. People tell you more so about it once you're married than, like, beforehand. Like, people pretend that everything's one way, and then once you get, like, good and engaged with a date set, people start telling you the truth about their marriages, and you'd be like, girl, what? Why? Why am I doing this? If you know y'all are not sexually compatible, why did you even... Now, I can see if he was like, you know, like Sweetie said, he was the, you know, eight-figure nigga. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You know, or if y'all have, like, an open-type situation. Okay, but he he broke, and y'all monogamous. So, like, what are you really doing? Like, why, why did you agree with this? I think people think that they can that they can be okay with things because other things are okay. Like, this over here is great, and this over here might be mediocre, but in order to, like, keep these great things, I'm going to deal with this mediocre thing. And then you get into, like, a marriage or, like, you know, you move in with somebody and you're, like, in this very committed situation. And then you realize, like, the things that you thought you could be, like, okay with forever, you're like, I can't do this shit. Forever is a mighty long time. And that's true. Like, I do think people... They think they think they can handle it until they in it and they realize, oh, I don't like this. My hope and my hope and prayer is that I don't do that to myself. Please don't, because I want to call you to talk about sex. I don't want you to call me talking about like crisis relationships. I was gonna text you. I'm like, no, I need I need to ask to make sure relationship advice. I keep saying I'm gonna bring it back, but uh, it's so complicated. Like, I got a question. Like, I, I need you to answer this question for me. Is he wasting my time? <laughs> if you have to ask. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about this last night, and I don't even remember. I don't know if we were talking about, like, Prince Harry, when he, like, turned the plane around to go see Meghan. I don't remember what it was. We were talking about, like, a man making this grand gesture. And I just, and I was like, the only two pieces of relationship advice that I think are, are ever really reliable are interested men act interested and find the lid for your pot. Like, if you could do those two things, you've worked out 90% of your issues. Communicate. Now all your issues are worked out. It can really be that simple. It's real simple. Like, I don't understand. Maybe it's me. Wait, would we finish talking about, like, sex resolutions? No. So these are mine. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you mine. Okay, so mine are... And so, again, sex, sex resolutions are for people who want to try something new in their sex life to, like, get it popping, spicy, and all that stuff. So, for me, <clears throat> I'm going to do pegging. That's on my list, okay? I want to do a threesome because I've never done one of those. And people are surprised by that. 
and there's various reasons why I haven't done it, but I feel like I'm ready now at 36 to have, a, have this threesome and go out with a bang. Um, so, threesome. <laughs> <laughs> go out where? What do you mean go out with a bang? Where are you going? Well, I'm hoping that, you know, next couple of years I'm going to be out here holding these streets. So, until then, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have these threesome and enjoy my life. Oh, I love you so. You're out of your mind. <laughs> a threesome is, is the other one. Um, uh, I want to experience like the whole Dom experience. I want to be a submissive, where like with this whole with like whole Dom thing. Think like Fifty Shades, but with like black people, where like you know the man tell me like you know bark like a dog or get on your four legs. You know the stuff. That's all all the crazy things. I want to see if if one if I like it because part of me is like mm, that's crazy. But a part of me is like, well, this might this this actually might turn me on. Let me see. Cause I I kind of like a man tell me what to do. Like a little bit, you know, I, I might not do it, but it just, it just, you know, just does something to me on the inside. It can be like, you know? So, <laughs> so I, those are my, those are all my three, uh, those are my fixed resolution lists for 2021. So we're going to see if that actually happens or not. Actually, I had a couple to email me um, about being the unicorn. I posted this on my, um, actually on my Instagram and I had people give me suggestions. Um, I'm not too sure if I'm going to follow through with them because I don't know them. And I told them, um, that I needed to, you know, have verbal conversation with both of them, not just to do emailing me. And he's a little, he's a little, he's a little, uh, a little forceful and, and a little graphic. I'm not, I'm not someone who gets turned on by you telling me you're going to like you know shove your penis down my throat that doesn't do it for me you know i'm i'm a little you know i'm a little sensual like i you know i need you to you know to mental stimulation make it sound pretty engaging yeah like that doesn't do it for me that's what he does in emails i'm like "Mm, i don't i don't respond no i don't think he's a fit i don't i don't think he's i don't like his outlook his perspective i I don't either and then you know for me because i you know i I have a brand, so I'm very cautious as to who I engage with because I don't need, you know, my stuff on the end there and you get mad at me. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I got, you know, stuff to do. Um, so, yeah, so those are the three things that I plan to have on my list for 2021. You want to share yours? No. I'm going to say no. That's why I said that. So, I'm at the at the age in the phase like I'm I'll be 40 you know here soon um we're like okay I want to try to at least have a not 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 so much per se get married but I would like to have like a partner you know a life partner so I'm going to trips with and like you know sit here and massage my feet to watch net while I watch Netflix just stuff like that um I would love to be able to find someone to do that that'll be great okay I want that for you. Yes. You could also you have said, I'm just going to go on like an extended hoe phase for life. And I also would have said, great. I want that for you. <laughs> Did you see the post? I posted on my social media about my mother said um, that she didn't think marriage was for me. I did. I was actually proud of mom for that. Because, you know, like, Why? because, you know, like, mind you, I've never met your mother. This is only based on things that you've told me about her. That I feel like mother is an old school, conservative, Christian, black woman. And for her to come to her daughter and say, you know, maybe marriage isn't your thing. I felt like that was mom's mom's way of being accepting of whatever your choices were or are. 
Well, I didn't mean like that. She was saying, because we were talking, because one of my cousins is getting divorced. And she's, like, around my age. And she, my mom was, like, really, like, you know, like, hurt. Like, somebody had died because she was getting divorced. I'm like, Mom, she's, she's getting divorced. It's okay. She's not, she's not good. She's, she's happy that she's getting divorced. Like, chill. And, and and I was like, well, if I ever got married and got divorced, like, don't be on the crime. She's like, oh, I wouldn't do I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, you're, you're, you're not the type who would stay married if you didn't like it past, like, a year or two. I'm like, well, dang. I wouldn't think that I would at least try longer than that. like, no, you're not that type. As someone who, who got, like, at least was separated by year two, take it as a compliment. It's, it's really a sign that, like, you know what you want and you don't put up with bullshit. And that's me. Like, I'm not, I'm loyal. And when I'm in it, I'm in it. But I also am not going to sit here and be miserable for 10 years just to say I have a husband. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. Mm-hmm. I would talk to people who'd been married for a really long time, but a lot of people would be like, yeah, like, you know, well, I knew this wasn't going to work when I was at the altar or somewhere around like week two. And then here it is 10 years later, but now we have like this house and we have these kids and we have these obligations. So like, I feel like I can't, but to go back and do what I, you know, didn't, I would have left when I realized like, this is really just not going to work. Work it as long as you can, like do your best. But like, once you realize like there's no hope, go, which is... But I did. If I ever get married, like I am not a traditional, I don't, I'm not traditional marriage person. Like I would be okay with an open type of setup because I like my space. I don't like to be bothered all of the time. If he had some some girlfriend over there that he spent some of his time that he did that wasn't with me, I'm okay. Like I'm okay with that, right? You know, okay, she does what I don't want to do. Cool. So, like, I'm okay with, like, this open concept. Also, I say that now, um, but, you know, once you, you, I get married, so things might change. But right now, how I view relationships, I'm okay with that. It's not the craziest thing I've heard. Yeah. It's not. And I think, people, I think people have to do what works for you guys. Everybody's not the same. And I think, honestly, tra- the, the tradition tra- um, stuff like our parents did or are doing... I don't think that works. I don't think it really works for them. They just made it work. But I don't, it definitely doesn't work for like our generation. That just, it just doesn't work. I think I'm, I'm very similar in the way that you think about it in that all sorts of different things work for all sorts of different people. And I think very often people try to fit a certain mold or like what they think they should be doing or what other people think they should be doing or what marriage is supposed to look like. And they're just like miserable as opposed to like actually doing or actually allowing things that they're okay with. Because I think actually a lot of people would be okay with their spouses being with other people, at least part-time. Yeah. You could just listen to some of the things people say, and they're actually, they're actually okay with it. It's just that, quote-unquote, society wouldn't condone it, or what would people yeah. say if they knew, like, you know, my husband was, quote-unquote, cheating on me. And it's like, but do you really care? Like, you don't want to fuck him. You don't want to leave him. Like, but are you, you're not really not okay with him not having sex with other people. It's just like you have this ownership thing of what you don't want him to do, but you really don't care if he does it. I have these conversations all the time. Yeah. 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 That's what it is. That's, that's so like, I'm totally, and I need someone, I think, who is open to the possibility. If I'd be like, you know what? Mm, let's try something different. I, I, I can't have, I, I can't have a partner who is stuck in tradition and like and don't want to change it would never work i need somebody who's open so if, if i do want to be traditional today or this or this year cool and next year we'll try something different cool i need you to be flexible 
And this is what I mean when I tell people, like, find the lid for your pot. Like, find a person that works for you, that is a good match and a good fit for you. And y'all go forth and y'all do whatever, you know, in the box, out of the box, whatever it is y'all think is a good idea to do, as long as it works for the two of you. Or the four of you, however many people are involved. And then again, like, for me, I haven't been monogamous, like, in a long-term relationship in since I was like 20 something so that's also that too so I don't know <laughs> you know whenever I you know get down to being like monogamous like with one person for an extended amount of time then you know my views may change as well too so I mean this is life if you're not growing you're dying that's true yes well thank you Ashley I always love talking to you because like I've learned like, I don't know, 20 things in this conversation that I had, I had no idea I was expecting to learn. I thought we were gonna have a nice conservative chat, I'm lying. I thought we were going to have a chat <laughs> about resolutions and it went so many different places, which I always appreciate. I had just a question on her, like, with my mother. And I'll have, you know, and she was like, what does that say? I said, it says ratchet and respectable. And she kind of looked at me, she's like, well, you're not ratchet. I'm like, you don't know your daughter that well, do you? That, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. It's like, I am ratchet and respectable. I am not just ratchet. But there are many facets to me. There's a range, mother. There's a range. Yeah, she was just like, why do you have that on? I was like, Ma, it's a podcast. Calm down. That's hilarious. My mother has a ratchet and respectable. She has a, she has a whole line. She has everything but the flask. She thought the flask was um, was not appropriate for, for someone like her. And I was like, all right, sure, mom. But my dad and then my uncle, who was not a numbers runner, it's an inside joke for the podcast, they bought flasks. And my uncle told my dad to tell me, he said, thank you for this gift. I plan to use it immediately. Thank you. Thank you, uncle. I do. I do appreciate your support. Mind you, this man is like 98. Oh. Yes. So my 98-year-old uncle is walking around with a ratchet and respectable flask that he is actively using. Yes. Okay, uncle. Yes. 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 Well, thank you, babe. Is there anything? Oh, please tell people where they can find you and follow you. Oh, so you guys can follow me. I'm on all things sex with Ashley. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. It's, it's all the same name. And the, the podcast is called Whole Intel Podcast, and that's everywhere that podcast is heard. And how often does it come out? Once a week. Once a week? What day? Wednesdays. Perfect. Okay, that's good, because I'm on Tuesday, and then you're on Wednesday, and then they're back to me on Friday. Perfect. Yay! Thank you so much, Ashley. I always love having you. you. Tell me you'll come back again, please. I I, I will come back again. I, I love will. it. I love and it. I, I'm I'm really and probably going to text you later about like this dude. Okay, please do. I'll answer your questions. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, my love. Bye. Have, bye. <laughs> this girl, she's one of my favorite people. I'm a whole fan. So that is the episode for this week. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk again next Tuesday. In the meantime, please check out the trailer for Don't Waste Your Pretty on Entertainment Tonight. Or you can check the socials of the stars of the film, Deborah Joy Winans and Carrie Hilson. And if you haven't picked up your Ratchet and Respectable merch, DemetriaLLucas.com. I think that's everything. Is that everything? Oh, If you're not subscribed to Ratchet and Respectable, please do. We've got the episode coming out on Tuesday and Friday now. No more Thursdays. Make sure you subscribe so you stay up to date with every episode. Now I think that's everything.
Okay, we'll talk again on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.